Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we are having conversations that matter for wherever the military has taken you. We're bringing you stories from real military spouses who not only understand the challenges, they are harnessing the opportunities to build lives they can love. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that will help you along your military life journey. Welcome back, everyone. This is Heather Campbell, and we are so thankful that you have joined us on the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we dive into the uniqueness of the military family journey by helping you build a life, a community, and a home you love when you are not in control of where you will call home next. Welcome back to today's part two episode. So we are returning with Megan Harless from PCS Like a Pro, and we are talking about everything that is covered during your move. If you are listening, you already saw that there are two episodes released today. So we have a part one and a part two. And the reason we did this is because there was so much to discuss in regards to moving and the finances around moving that we wanted to make sure nothing was left out, but also we did not want to dump a very, very long episode on you. So we are back with part two of how to address moving expenses on the backside as you complete your move, any difficulties that show up. We are going to be talking to Megan Harless again. And again, our sponsor today is Armed Forces Bank. So thank you so much for being here. Let's get right back into it. Okay, welcome back. Again, we're so thankful for Armed Forces Bank for everything they do to help support our community here at the Mill Housing Nation podcast. We're back with Megan Harless of PCS Like a Pro talking about what is covered during a move. Now, in the first part of our podcast today, we talked about what we need to know is we're planning, right? We, we've got those orders. Maybe we have papers in hand, Lord willing, and we're getting ready to go. How do we plan? Now, let's say we're on station and we are dealing with everything that that means. So kind of walk me through what are the big things we need to understand? We talked about that TLE, that temporary lodging expense and temporary lodging allowance a little bit in the planning side and what to be claiming for the move. But what do we need to know that's specific to the arrival side One, to know what we can plan for, but two, how we start submitting that and how we deal with any difficulty that we've had through the move. What what can you tell us? What are your like big things we need to know? Yeah. So let's talk first about like claims for damaged stuff. There's kind of two sides to this, a couple of sides really. So let's talk damaged stuff first. So you can have damage to your home if for some reason, like maybe they dented a wall trying to carry a dresser because it got off kilter a little bit or somebody threw a door open and there wasn't a doorstop behind it. Now you have like a doorknob sized hole in a wall. So this is called real property damage. And so this type of damage is filed directly with your TSP, your transportation service provider. They are the big company that is contracted to handle your move from start to finish. And you should have somebody called a move coordinator that is like your point of contact through the entire move. If you have questions, issues, problems, whatever it may be, they should be calling you to tell you what time and what day your crews are arriving, checking in on you, all that stuff. So if you have damage to the physical structure of your home, either at your origin location or at your destination, you have seven days to file that directly with your TSP. So I always say, take pictures, take all of the pictures and send an email. So that way there's kind of like a paper trail, electronic paper trail showing that you did submit it within the seven days. So that's the first side of damaged stuff. And the second side is damage to our household goods. So when the table shows up broken, when the bed frame shows up split in half, when the hardware doesn't show up altogether, or we're unpacking boxes and we're finding chipped plates or a broken vase or things like that. So that's damage to your household goods. And that claim is going to be filed directly on DPS. So DPS is the same website where you had set up your move at in the beginning when you go in there. 
and you look at that shipment on the right-hand side, there's going to be like a little tab that says like file a claim and you can click on that button and it'll walk you through step-by-step of filing that claim. The information that you really need to know for the claim, you need to have as much information about that broken item as possible. So the brand, the make, the model, the serial number, the color of it, the size of it. I don't know, the TV, what is it called? The PSI or megapixels, something, whatever. Yes. You need you need to know all of that information for your claim. The more specific you can be, the better. You need to be able to provide what the cost of that item is. And you need to be able to substantiate the value that you're asking for. You can't just go in and say it's worth a million dollars. You know, it'd be great to be able to do that, but it's probably going to get denied. So, you know, your TV gets broken, you claim $700, go find a link online for the same TV and provide that into the comments as well. When you submit your claim, if that TV is no longer made, but they have like a newer model, you can grab that link and put it in there and claim that amount and just, you know, in the description, be like, this is the TV model that replaced the one that we have because it's discontinued. Right. Um, But you have to be able to substantiate the value you are asking for. I mentioned links, online links. So it can be any of that. If you put like an antique or something and you have like an appraisal for it, you can use that. You can find, like go back on credit card statements and bank statements and try to find, you know, the value that you paid for, for some reason, like you can't find it online anymore. It's like a unique one of a kind thing and not available. Like you can use that for the value that you're claiming, you know, but you have to be able to substantiate that value. So that's all filed on DPS. When filing your claim, it's important to know. So the TSP is liable for what's called FRV, full replacement value or repair. Now that full replacement value is the value it costs today to replace that item, not necessarily the cost you paid when you bought it five years ago. So one of the big things we see a lot of concern about or a lot of, um, I don't know, anger about comes to electronics because electronics depreciate very quickly. So while that 72-inch flat screen theater quality TV that you bought five years ago might've cost you $1,500. Right. Today, it's only $700. You're only going to get the $700 because that's what it costs to replace it today. So you have that. And then repair, if for some reason, if the item can be repaired, the TSP can say, hey, we're not replacing this. It can be repaired. Always ask them, you have two options there when they say this item can be repaired. Either you can accept the repair amount, which if you do that, find out what repair shop is going to be repairing it. Sometimes you can pick the repair shop. Sometimes they have somebody find out what the exact amount is and make sure you're receiving that exact amount. Or you can request that they coordinate the repair on your behalf. So they can call the repair firm, set up the appointment time and everything and pay that repair firm directly, which is what I highly recommend doing. Because you don't even have to deal with it. They just, yeah. And um, for some reason it ends up being more like you're not on a pocket on it now. Like, they pay, they're responsible for paying them directly. So definitely do that. So right, yeah, those are kind of like the two big claims in terms of damaged something, whether it's damage to your the structure right. of your home or damage to your household goods. And the other type of claim to talk about real quick is the inconvenience claim. Mm, yes. <laughs> this, uh, depending on, on where you're at, you either love it or you hate it. The inconvenience claim is designed to be a payment to you when your stuff doesn't show up on time. And there's a lot of like 
I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of little caveats to this as well. Of course. Um, always. There's some, you have to meet some certain criteria for eligibility. So first on like a standard household goods shipment, if your shipment arrives to the destination and you are either not there or you don't have access to your home, then the TSP has met their responsibility for meeting the RDD. Like right. it's not their fault. You didn't have a home. They got your stuff there. And what's our RDD? Required delivery date. So when you yeah. set up your move in DPS, like you'll, you'll see something that says required delivery date or RDD. That is the date that the company has to deliver your stuff by and everything. But if you're not able, to, you're either not there or you don't have a access to your house and your stuff arrives, they've met their requirements. So your stuff goes to storage. You call and request your stuff on a storage and they have a certain amount of time to deliver your stuff on a storage. So it's broken down a little bit where I think if you request it within seven days in advance, they have to deliver it within two days of your requested date. Or if you request, you call them and then your requested date is within a couple of days, then they have so many other days to deliver it by. So they do have that timeline when you call to request to deliver it out of storage that if they're not able to, then you're eligible for the inconvenience claim. You can file for that as well. Mm -hmm. um, the big thing that we're seeing a lot right now, so unaccompanied baggage flies space available through AMC, Air Mobility Command. Right. And so if for some reason, the delay of getting your unaccompanied baggage shipment is because of AMC, because it's sat at the airfield for a while because yeah. it goes space available and it misses the RDD. Unfortunately, you cannot file an inconvenience claim against the government. And the TSP will tell you like, sorry, we're not responsible for this. Like we right. got it to the airfield within, you know, the seven days we were required. It's not our fault. It sat there for 32 days because instead of shipping your household goods, they had to go like get people out of Afghanistan. Or, yeah. You know, perfect example. Uh, we used a lot of big planes very suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and so like, that's, that's a big issue we're hearing a lot about right now is like, it's AMC's fault, but you can't file an inconvenience claim against them. I think the big thing here to mention now is how inconvenience claims are paid because a lot of people aren't really prepared for what to expect when that comes. So there's two ways that inconvenience claim can be paid. The first way is what's called the per diem or the baseline amount. So this is the meals and incidental per diem for the service member only for up to seven days without needing receipts. So that's considered your baseline of what you should be paid. Now, if for some reason, like your shipment's only two days late, you're only going to get per diem for two days. Right. So understand that a little bit. But this is called what's considered the baseline amount you should be paid. Now, say your shipment is like, you know, three weeks past the due and you had to go buy a bunch of stuff and that per diem amount does not cover all of your expenses. You can save your receipts, you can submit your receipts, and you can be paid actual cost reimbursement. So that way you're not on the pocket. Now it's important. We've seen this come up a lot in the groups lately. It's important to understand you're not going to get the per diem plus your actual expenses. So if your per diem is $500 and your actual expenses is $700, you are not going to get a check for $1,200. They will send you the check for $500 and then you show them the receipts that you, know, you want over the $500. They'll cut you another check for $200 to make that $700 you actually spent. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, we're going to shift quick. We're going to take a break and hear more from our sponsor, Armed Forces Bank. A full-service military bank committed to serving those who served since 1907. 
Armed Forces Bank provides a vast array of affordable and easily accessible financial products to both active and retired military and civilian clients in all 50 states and across the world. When you're in the military, your needs are different and your banking should be too. That's why, no matter where you are stationed in the world, Armed Forces Bank strives to make everything from banking solutions to financial advice personal, valuable, and convenient for you with numerous services, including online and mobile banking tools to help you bank on your schedule. And you know, there's so much to know. I feel like even at this point, a 12-year military spouse, we have had the joy of like only doing CONUS slash OCONUS moves. Like we were in Florida. They moved us to Alaska. So we crossed the continent. And Alaska and Hawaii are those weird ones that are like OCONUS for some things, right? Outside of continental US, right? I think that's that's CONUS so, and OCONUS. So we're overseas for some things, but then some things we don't count. We're like a weird like stepchild. So moved to Alaska, then moved not even cross-country, cross-continent, right? Florida to Alaska. Could not really have gone any farther. And, and then they moved us from Alaska to Alabama. And then back to Alaska. So I've only ever moved living in a suitcase for three months or doing unaccompanied baggage or do we fly? Do we drive? Do we ferry? There's all these things to plan in that travel, right? And there's just so much to know. And like you said, it's it's so specific with your location or your branch or are you moving during a deployment? Is your service member helping, right? There's all these things. Where is the best way? Because I feel like there's so many government websites for us to dive into and we can get lost and overwhelmed, right? You're trying to plan, mm-hmm. especially if you have kids, where's the new dentist? Where's the new dance studio for your kid? Where are we taking piano lessons? When does the football league start there? Where are they going to go to school? Where are we going to live for Pete's sake? Getting my car there. Am I going to have a job there? Right? All these things. Trying to learn the ins and outs of government reimbursement is exhausting. So where can people go for help, where can they find you? Where can they get these resources and be able to ask subject matter experts? I have no idea. Tell me what I need to know. Where can they find you? Yeah. So there's two places that you can find me. They're both on Facebook. First one is my public page. It's called PCS Like a Pro. If you put that in the search bar, you should see a picture of me wearing a pink shirt that says Master Mover. So you know that you've got the right place. But that's where Again, it's my public page. I do a webcast every week with PCS-related content on there to help provide some information to you. I might drop other tips and tricks and things there as well. The second place, which is probably the more active location, is my private Facebook group. It is called PCS Like a Pro, and then a hyphen, Your Smooth Move. And so this group is the place where you can ask any questions you have, any concerns that you have. If you don't understand something or you don't know how to navigate something, you can ask it in there. I keep all the regulations in the files tab. So they're easily referenced right there. You don't have to go down the Google rabbit hole of, is this the correct one? Is this the updated one? Is this the one that I need? I keep them all updated in that files tab for you to be able to reference. But there's just a lot of other good information that is in there. And again, because I've worked closely now with Transcom and the industry and all of the services, like any big information that comes out, um, you know, we get it dropped in there as soon as we can too, or updated in there to be able to push out to everybody. But those are the two best locations to be able to find me at. Wonderful. And if by chance I am taking a social media break or with my kind of work, I can't because my work goes through a lot of social media channels, but I have many friends who take social media breaks or don't have it. Is there another way that they can contact you or find out more information of how to find these resources? So yes, a couple other ways. Uh, So I do have a website. It's pcslikeapro.org. 
you can go there. I will warn you, I have to do a little updating there, but I've got a tab there that says resources and some other information listed there as well. You can also contact me through the website additionally, or you can also just email me directly. So my email, I'll give it to you all. It's military spouse chronicles, my original blog page, military spouse chronicles at gmail.com. If you've got other issues, I mean, just put in the subject, like I have a PCS issue um, and I'll know that it's not spam. It's somebody that needs help. But yeah, you can email me directly. You find me on the website or the social media channels. Wonderful. Oh, Megan, I am so thankful for you. I wish that I had known you that first move with two babies. We had like nine weeks between deployment reintegration to sell the house, get the move. We were going Oconus. There was a a medical related denial that we had to appeal. And long story short, we sold the house and we were actively packing it up and we weren't sure if we were even going to get orders. We like got orders in hand on a Thursday, movers scheduled Friday. They came on Monday. It was so disastrous. We forgot to file some of our allowances. And so I so wish this resource would have been there. And I love that you know all of the things and we aren't responsible for being an expert in all of the things because we as military families, there's so much that we, especially as spouses, have to shoulder and even our military members. How do we help our families feel secure, feel connected, build a life in the place that they are as we move around? And so I'm so thankful for your knowledge, for your willingness to help and for your accidental advocacy on behalf of our community and all of the connections that you have made that ultimately help us serve our community better so that we are better prepared to support our service members during their mission. So thank you for coming. Thank you for all that you are doing. Is there anything last minute things that we should know before we end for today? Yeah. The only thing I want to add, I was just thinking about, we didn't mention this when we were talking about entitlements is DLA, dislocation allowance, where like you should always, if you're eligible for it, which most everybody is, unless it's like your first PCS and you have no dependents, or it's like you're leaving the service PCS or ETS end of time in service move, you are eligible for DLA, dislocation allowance. And dislocation allowance is designed to cover other non-reimbursable expenses. So if you have to ship your pets, like the military doesn't cover that. So like hotel pet fees, pet shipping costs, like all of that, your DLA can cover that. You need to ship that second car, DLA can cover that. You have to rent a car, DLA can cover that. But you should always file for DLA. And it can be very easy to miss. Like it's one question on the travel voucher that says, do you want to claim DLA? Yes or no. And so if you go through things quickly, like you're going to miss it. The army now does smart vouchers. So it's online. And that question, it's automatically checked no. So you have to physically check yes to get it. So yes, you do. Now, is this one that needs receipts and is specific or is it one that we can just ask for? You just ask for it. You don't need receipts for this because again, it's for those other non-reimbursable expenses. So it's like a chunk of money there to help you cover those other expenses that you can't get reimbursed. If you move twice within the same calendar year, I know the army loves fiscal years. Everything goes by a fiscal year. However, financial entitlements go by calendar years. Of course they do. Why would they go in the same? I know. But for DLA, it kind of works okay because you can say you move in January or February for a school, you can claim DLA there. And then you have to move again, October, November, you can claim DLA again. But that second time you claim DLA, it's called secondary DLA. And it's just the amount is a little bit less because you're getting DLA again. But it's not like, you know, it's a one and done type of thing. You can claim it again, but definitely check that box. 
plan your DLA, let that be used. I mean, we, you have to restock your pantry. You have to buy groceries, all that stuff. We couldn't move with us. You have to buy your cleaning supply. You probably paid for a move out clean and that money can cover that. Uh, if you're Oconus, you probably rented a car and you probably don't want to be out of pocket. What are, I've heard some crazy numbers of how much that's costing right now, but you probably don't want to be out of pocket for all of that. So your DLA can help cover that. So be sure to just check that box, claim your DLA, add that into your budget. So it goes by rank and then with or without dependents, flat amount that you can receive. And it definitely goes towards covering stuff that you otherwise don't get reimbursed. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you can ask for it on the front end of your move. If you don't have the ability to front all of these costs and wait for reimbursement, I know sometimes you can use your government travel card, but you can also request DLA up front, correct? To help cover It depends something? on your branch. This is where it gets all sticky. It it's all sticky. Your, so this is a great question your for your moving office. Make sure that you are talking to them, to your local yeah. transportation and moving office and getting those specifics. Yeah. So like Army okay. and I believe Air Force and Navy Marine Corps, you can request DLA in advance if you need it to cover some expenses. Navy is a little tricky. Um, they say if you have your government travel card, you don't need to request advanced okay. DLA because you have that. So that gets a little bit different. But yeah, if you have your government travel card, like you can totally use that for all sorts of different PCS moving related expenses to help with that cost as well. And then if you are doing like a PPM or a partial PPM, you can request up to 60% of your estimated incentive pay upfront to help cover expenses as well. I know several people have had to do that to help cover the cost of the truck or the pod or whatever it may be. So that way that helps you some not having to front, you know, $10,000 for a PCS. You can get some right. of that upfront to help. And then I just want to throw out there too, because um, we hear a lot, especially with our younger families that may not know the full expense of a PCS until like they go through one or two of them. And then suddenly they're just like, I don't know what we're doing for our bills this month because we had to do all this PCS stuff and we're waiting on our reimbursements that's taken, you know, six, eight weeks to get. Every branch has a service relief organization. So yes. the Army has Army Emergency Relief. There's Navy Marine Corps Relief Society. There's the Air Force Aid Society. There's the Coast Guard Mutual Aid Society. Something. I know if you call the wrong one, they will connect you to your right one. Like if you... If you're like, oh my gosh, we've been at a joint base and it was army governed and I know my army contact, what's my air force contact? You can just call the army contact and be like, hey, Heather Campbell, you need to call this place. So I know they're really, you know, because sometimes the branches don't talk to each other on some things very well, but that one, they're really great at connecting you with those aid organizations. Yeah. The aid societies are really great about taking care of each other. You know, for some reason you're like one of those, at one of those weird remote assignments and like your army, but like everything around you is Air Force and Navy and you think like, I don't have an office to walk into. You can totally walk into the office. They will still help you. They'll help direct the stuff over to the Army side of things to get it taken care of. But those aid societies are really great for being able to step in and help during PCS expenses. They all have a funding line for PCS expenses. They all now, because of COVID and everything else, have a funding line to help with pet expenses during a PCS as well. Depending on where you fall in the line with your financials, it, you can either receive a grant that you don't have to pay back, or if you receive a loan, it's a 0% interest rate loan. So you're not having to pay interest rate on it, which, I mean, it's better to go to them to get, you know, the little bit of loan that you may need versus putting it on a credit card and paying the 17% interest rate or whatever it could be. But I just, I want to, 
pitch them out there so people know you can turn to them for PCS expenses. They are there to help. They want to help. They'd rather you come to them saying, I don't know what we're doing with this rather than trying to to falter on your own and be stuck in a hard place then. Yes. So much goodness in this episode today, you guys. There is so much here and there's still so much we did not even cover. There's so much to know. So please make sure that you are connecting with Megan on her public Facebook page, PCS Like a Pro. She has her private group, PCS Like a Pro hyphen your smooth move. You can check her out at pcslikeapro.org. We've got her email. We will make sure all of this information is in our show notes. And again, thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of this community. Here at Mill Housing Nation is where you always have a community no matter where you are stationed.